0: Welcome to Mirror Finish, the official podcast of Great Lakes Stainless, Episode 6. We were originally going to have uh, Patrick uh, on this week, but he is not feeling well today. Uh, So today is just going to be me and Mike. A couple of updates you'll hear at the end of the episode. Um, We have a news page on our website now. Um, So www.greatlakesstainless.com. Click on the News uh, tab. And uh, you can see our Instagram feed, and you can listen to all of the previous episodes of the podcast, as well as communicate with us via mirrorfinish at com. So the podcast is an email now. Uh, we want to hear your comments, or suggestions, or anything like that. Uh, so a uh, quick intro here, and we will be, uh, hopefully next week or the week after, we will have uh, Patrick on. Hopefully he feels better. And Travis will also be back. Next time, he has got some weird virus, so uh, we'll look forward to having him back as well. So, here's uh, episode six of the Mirror Finish podcast with me and Mike. You want to add anything? Uh, no. <laughs> to do (laughs) well today we're going to have patrick on but he is not feeling well and couldn't make it this is you and me mike as travis is kind of in the same boat he's and he's got something something virally said that pretty messed up so thank you travis for staying home yeah no doubt yeah you're sick don't come to work and get everybody else sick don't try to be a hero
1: that's right. Yep. You got it.
0: We don't want that. So but, yeah, So today it's just me and Mike and I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about how the new tariffs are affecting local businesses because everybody sees it on the news, everybody hears it around the water cooler, but I don't know that anybody really has a chance to hear directly from the source of how um, a, an international trade decision affects the local guy. So that's what we're going to find out today.
1: Just to clarify, I'm not the source of the tariffs.
0: No, no, Mike is not. Yeah, so keep your one-star reviews to yourselves, everybody. <laughs> we're, not, we're not buying overseas. We're not, yeah, we're not responsible. No, nope, we do buy domestic, uh, domestic
1: metal and always have um, to whatever extent possible, which is the vast majority of our metal. The only time we buy something that uh, is imported, if that's the only thing offered by our distributors, but uh, mostly what we use is sheet goods, and those are made either in Kentucky or uh, Pennsylvania to okay. run the new mill down in uh, Tesson well it was Tyson crop they sold it for half of what they had into it but there's a big mill down south somewhere in Georgia oh okay Alabama or something big 72 wide mill Whoops. they're putting in so uh, but unfortunately it is a global market so when Canada and Mexico which also have significant steel production uh, are no longer competitive you don't have to balance that out and I don't think there's any question I There's never been an accusation that Mexico or Canada are um, dumping steel into the U.S., and that's not actually the argument that Trump is using. He's using the national security argument, which is especially offensive to our allies. Ah,
0: that specific part I didn't hear. Yeah, Section 232.
1: So they call them the Section 232 tariffs because the Section 232, um, that part of the law, that refers to the part of the law, and that is uh, the president is able to enact... Um, tariffs and duties in the interest of uh, national security.
0: Okay. So. Okay, so this, from what we hear, is less of a financial decision and more of a security decision. That's the motivation we're being told. That's
1: the rationale. That's the law he is using, yep, on that. And, uh, you know, there is some questionable practices in China. I won't, uh, you know, I won't deny that, but um, I think the whole thing is just nuts. Sure. And it has a terrible effect on us and manufacturers. And I think you hear the rest of the GOP is saying that now, too. They're, ah, they're, yeah. the one, they're saying, hey, listen, this is going to hurt manufacturers sure. uh, like us because it's already adversely affecting and now will really adversely affect, especially the whiplash from you know, exempting the allies. And then all of a sudden, nope, within a day, with a sure. little warning saying, boom, it's on there. Those kind of jarring changes in direction are. Incredibly frustrating and infuriating for businesses trying to plan and run, and and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're scrambling. You were part of that yesterday.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, what what did we? How did we have to react to that? What did that make us do? Um, Because you said, yeah, I mean, yeah, yesterday we had to we had to scramble and find. uh, You asked me to find that uh, job we hadn't gotten yet, but a pretty significant size job. Yeah, just to protect huge job. The shrinking
1: margins we have, we made you know we had to. fortunately we're in a you know fairly strong position and we're able to make some you know buy very large amounts of steel but get lock in the prices yesterday place the purchase orders yesterday gotcha. to make sure we got the steel and now we got deal with storage and rent trailers to store all the
0: steel um, oh so you've got this snowball effect
1: yeah so it's just a it's a lot of but you know as soon as that steel runs out huh, the prices are going to be significantly higher mm-hmm. um we're you know We bid the projects. We bid them assuming a certain level of, uh, you know, price stability. Sure. And these kind of actions blow that price stability out of the water. And, um, you know, you can't plan for that. So then you have to decide, uh, you know, how bad is it? Do I have to have, am I even able to? In many cases, we're not able to. We have a bid. We have a contract. We have a defined delivery date. Unless some of those parameters move... We are stuck with the price that we bid, just like everyone else, right. so what that does is it really takes money out of uh out of the company, and that you know it's not that's out of our ability to you know pay bonuses yeah uh, wages, invest in new equipment and growth that's really what we're focused on here um is you know educating the employees, investing in the equipments and the facilities, which we've done at a pretty healthy pace over sure. the last few years um, yeah really yeah. enjoy it that's you know kind of why. I'd, do it yeah is Uh, to be able to to invest and grow and you know watch the employees you know grow and do amazing things and you know put out really amazing fabrications that just millions literally millions of people around the world interact with our products uh, in a pretty intimate way on a regular basis which sure um, Sure. you know feels pretty good to me you know I saw an article about Alcotech so they make vast majority of the aluminum welding wire
0: oh okay right here in Traverse City yeah um yeah, you know a- which is which Aero is really park? cool what's that they're up on Arrow park yeah and they're there? Mm-hmm.
1: yeah okay yeah so that's pretty cool i mean there's tons of products that have alcatac wire they said you know almost every if you pass a i think the article said like a um a trailer like a semi-trailer oh yeah. on the road, it, it, over 90 percent chance that that's welded with wire made in traverse city wow so which is pretty cool yeah i had no idea uh, but the thing I like about our products is so I mean you know there's that product and many others like that are you know pretty diverse and actually involved in people's lives, but you know when ours when we've got either you know operating room cabinets you know that we make for hospitals or yep. serving counters and universities and corporate dining all over the all over the country or uh all the stuff we've got in airports, oh yeah, yeah. um you know literally all over the world. You know, the, that stuff, the ticket counters and things, I mean, those are things people are really much more intimately interacting with. Sure. You know, on a daily basis. So, so I mean, that's kind of fun. It's, it's rewarding. I like thinking about that, you know. Yeah,
0: for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that goes back to, well, that book you just sent me, The Find Your Why, about, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to get satisfaction from your professional life, then it makes sense for you to figure out uh, why you're doing what you do not just, you know, what you produce or how you produce it. And so I'm kind of in the process now of going through that book and um, figuring out exactly what my why is. Uh, And it's, uh, yeah, I think that's, it's, I know a lot of people view it as, I know this is kind of getting off the tariff topic, but a lot of people view it as, well, a job is just a job, it's a means to an end. And it's like, well, while that is technically probably true, why would you not seek to have that kind of, fulfillment in your life you know it's like you can do anything within reason you can never be a fighter pilot but I have um, a lot of um, opportunities to do a broad range of things and why would I not seek to find fulfillment in my life from my job and be there you know the majority of my day that's what I'm going to be doing
1: yeah
0: and I I think we were
1: uh, um, you know people were, were made to work Sure. And things and yeah, to be and productive. Yeah. To be productive, and that means Absolutely. you know, depending on the person and their, um, you know, what they're good at and uh, uh, what they like to do. I um, mean, that's pretty important. I mean, you know, there's lots of things you can do. There's things that you can do and even do well. Um, but I really try and encourage everyone who works here, yeah. to do something that they do well and they enjoy. They have to enjoy. They want to do it. And so we've done that. We've moved several people out there who said, you know, they were doing a great job in the role they were, but they said, you know, I really... I'd really rather do something else. I said, sure. well, I'd really rather you do that something else, as long as they have, you know, the aptitude for it. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And in this case, they most certainly did. Sure. So I was like, you know, it's going to take some time. we got to get a replacement in to do what you were doing.
0: Yeah.
1: But we'll transition. And so we did. We transitioned about. Yeah. do something because generally uh, people are going to perform much better and have a much more fulfilling if they're doing something they like to do. If yeah. They, you know, I really want people... Um, Generally so there's another a book is Play to Your Strengths. Um really, really funny guy who wrote it, but uh which I can't remember, but that, that book was great. I really thought that was great. You know, he says don't work on if you got something you're not good at, don't spend a ton of time trying to get better at something you're not really good at. Sure. You know. There's certain basic levels of competence you have to get to, like as far as tech if you're not a tech savvy person and things, well there's a certain basic level you have to of technological now technological knowledge you have to have. Sure. You know, if you're working in the office. Yeah. For basic example, computer skills. Basic You like gotta that. be able to do I mean, emails, you gotta be able to get in and run the and coffee run the, maker. Run the coffee maker. Make that coffee. Boy, <laughs> exactly. I've heard that you get
0: in early and if the coffee's not made, I'll hear about it, man. <laughs> Megan will jump on me. It's like I have coffee made and Harrison and it's like I remember when we we switched offices. No. You know when we bu- built these ones and came over from the old building. Yeah. For some reason the the coffee maker that we had was still in the old one. And we had I think we had something rigged up over here but uh, and then, that's cuz
1: the coffee maker we
0: had wouldn't fit under the shelf we put out. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> design work everybody. GLS does great design work. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I was over there like dinking I think with Trying to get some coffee going, Harrison comes over and it's like it's like the only time I've ever seen him like legit upset. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's the coffee? Well, you know, I, the, where's uh, the, where's the coffee maker? Well, it's in the old the old one. We're over here now. Yeah, I, I, I know, man. I'm just I'm trying to please. Uh, don't yell at me. I, <laughs> I wish I could remember this story
1: about like the the place that was. I mean, sometimes it's the small things. Um, sure. You know, like the place they were going to cut costs, so they quit. Like, they quit buying coffee cups or something. Like, they, you know, they, like, seriously, you know. Don't. It made people so angry. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, like like like, making it that much harder for me to get my caffeine. Yeah, right? Are you crazy? Oh, man. Yeah. But anyway, back to the,
1: you know, back to the why. And doing that, you know, that's, that's one thing that's, I really hope to do, you know. I mean, uh, Scott out there, you know, building the cabinets and, you know. It's really rewarding for me when he, you know, when I hear the comment, you know, like I, he told me, you know, I love coming to work. Nice. I love coming to work. And nice. Like, Great. That's what I want. I want people like I got to go to the job, and yeah, you know, obviously, you'd rather spend time with your family. I'm no different sure. than that. So I've been, but it's really interesting conversations I've had with my five year old. Yeah. Because you know you, you'll do that work like oh I'm sorry you know I'd love to do that but I got to go to work. Yeah. And it kind of sets the tone. He's like, you know. So he said to me back, he's like, "But you don't like work, right, Dad?"
0: Uh-huh. I'm like,
1: "No." I was like, "I love work." Yeah. I said, "I really love work. I love spending time with you. Sure. You know, which I do both, but I really enjoy work." Yeah, I it's really
0: work is fun. It's it's amazing on the little. Just it depends on the words you use and the specific tone, and the kids pick up on everything. You know, they're just they've got this. Um, I heard you know an analogy of the way. The way kids learn and the way adults learn is, you know, adults basically have some have when they want to learn something, it's like a laser focus and the, the light is shown specifically on that subject and that's what they're about. Kids are like a lantern. Everything is lit up and so they're okay. soaking it in from every angle, every direction. I think that's part of what makes parenting so difficult is because we just have different, just fundamentally different approaches on how we think from adult to child. And so the trick is to, this is getting way off the tariff subject. I promise we'll yeah. get back to that. But the, the trick is to kind of, if you can mentally put yourself in their shoes, it is that much easier to communicate anything. Not only in, in you know, good times, but bad times, and you got to discipline. So anyway, yeah, but I, yeah, I, 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 totally, I totally agree that... Uh, yeah. If if you if you don't like your job, it makes that it just casts a stain kind of on the rest of your life because you're always looking, you always know well I got to go back to work tomorrow or on Monday after a weekend like that, and it's always just this this shade that's thrown on your, you know your uh, your outlook.
1: Yeah. You know, there's an interesting thing. Have I ever talked to you about Barry Waymiller, Company, Barry Waymiller? Oh. I know I talked with Travis about it, but. No. I don't. So it's it's very interesting. Um, you know, they've got a pretty clearly defined purpose, but they also have a metric that they use uh, to measure whether they're achieving their purpose of, you know, basically I, I can't remember it I can oh, look really? it up, but for whom I work. But do you know what their metric is? How they can tell if they're doing a good job? And this is a very large company, I mean tens no. and tens of thousands of employees. I know what's that. Uh, how many divorces really
0: are, <laughs> i'm not kidding you so they're that, so there, yeah so they're basically they're exploiting that link between yeah that psychological yep. link between home life and work life yes yeah, so yeah, if, yeah, if,
1: if you enjoy your job and feel like you have a purpose and you know and you can't do that unless you have a right. you're not going to have that unless you have a lot of other healthy sure. things going on yeah, your yeah environment so i, I can't just
0: go out and buy a new truck and say hey i love my job don't leave me
1: yeah <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work yeah, but um but that's the you sure. know they say if 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 things are going well at work and ah. we're providing an environment where they can exceed and this part of their life and you know we get them in the right position for their skills, abilities and you know. Yeah. Um desires chances are they're not going to go, you know, kneel at their wife and kick the dog and sure, hopefully not vice versa. Yeah. So which I thought, you know, uh, it makes sense, and just very interesting that that's how they measure. Yeah, are we being are we being effective? Because that's it's one thing to say, um, you know, what's your mission? Yeah, Girls for good. Yeah, super. How do you know if you're doing yeah. that? Right. Well, so, I, you know what what's the what's the evidence? How do you measure it? Are you right. effective or not?
0: Well, I, I think lately there's been a obviously there's been a real push for corporate responsibility socially. And I think a lot of the larger companies have tried to phone it in, and people pick up on that. I mean, instantly. So you know, people hear stuff like that, and they're like, "Yeah, that's just corporate speak for this and that." But I think when they see a company actually come through and genuinely show a concern for their employees' welfare, general welfare—not just financial, but you know, emotional and physical and everything like that—then that really speaks to them. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I absolutely think that this is a place where you find that well, you know? and I know people I, I know, people, so. I, know nice. I know people listening I'm like well he's talking to the president of the company of course he's going to say that no right. no I'm not just saying that
1: I also happen to be uh, yeah. filling out his review during uh,
0: yeah, this podcast so uh, five is the top honest
1: honest unbiased opinion from oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> sure, while I fill out sure, review yeah. during the podcast yeah
0: that scratching you here is <laughs> my filling out a check so but anyway um Getting back to the the whole tariff situation, you I have a very limited knowledge of that kind of stuff, and you mentioned the word dumping before. Now, what does that mean in terms of this kind of situation? You said something like they're not so, dumping steel. Or yeah, what?
1: dumping that would mean so. If um, and honestly, I'm not, you know, as far as the broad concepts, I don't know the details of what's going on in China and I'm not really familiar with the steel industry, but generally, dumping um, would be where they're. Uh, Putting steel into the market, exporting it, so the government would be propping up the mills, providing them subsidies, so they are selling steel uh, to us, for example, at significantly below or below the cost oh, of production.
0: Okay, so the gov- our government will subsidize its own mills mm-hmm, to allow mm-hmm. them to sell at below yep, market price to keep, price. Them, to keep uh, them going on. Yes, and that and that internally, the motivation for that is, it, is so to support their own internal companies and. Yes,
1: right. Because otherwise, their brother-in-law who's running that company might be out of a job. Ah, yeah. That's the incredibly cynical view, but (laughs) yeah. Unfortunately, it's probably.
0: Oh yeah, I mean nepotism is rampant for sure. Yeah, it's. it's, It's, um,
1: I mean, there are other things, and every country does that to a certain extent. In fact, that's one of the. You heard of the WTO, the World Trade Organization? Yeah. So that is a you know an international body that's. Their main job is to investigate and regulate those activities. So, okay. subsidies, Airbus, for sure. example, is owned by a consortium of European Union countries. So, you know, France and a bunch of wow. other countries in the European Union actually have an ownership stake in Airbus. Okay. And they do provide a certain level of subsidies, as does the US, to, sure. you know, in certain and various other ways. Sure. Um, you know, the companies. Like Boeing and sure. I mean, tons of tons of the companies. There's tons of ways that we do that with subsidies and tax breaks and right. other things. Um, and so, there's a certain amount that's allowed in global trade, and then there's certain lines that shouldn't be crossed. And that's where the World Trade Organization generally comes in. Okay, and um, we'll investigate and make decisions uh, generally at a rather glacial pace. Sure. Um, But that's our body, and so that, you know, that is where you'll hear that in the news the World WTO, that the European Union and all our allies who've just been slapped with um, extremely punitive tariffs in the name of national defense uh, will be appealing to the World Trade Organization, who will then look into it and, um, you know, will authorize or take measures against us.
0: Sure. Now, to your knowledge, um, was there a specific situation or incident that, Threatened national security that this action is in response to? No. Okay. So, this, from what we know, this seems to be an action. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's uh, probably an unrelated
1: note, but Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, is a background as a steel industry magnet.
0: That's very interesting.
1: Magnate. Hmm. Magnate. Magnate. Magnate? Not a magnet. Magnet is like, <laughs> you know, North and South <laughs> yeah. Pole. A magnet. Magnate. magnate. Captain of the industry, so to speak. Ah, okay. You know, fat cat. So, yeah,
0: so from what we know... It's probably not related. No, I'm sure it isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from what we know, this is a, a decision not based on evidence. No, that doesn't seem to be our okay. uh, president's style. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Um, so you better and, be away from politics. Yeah, our, just so our, our star knows, rating is plunging. Yeah, as yeah. yeah. Just so everyone knows, GLS welcomes and accepts all points of view from across this political spectrum. Right. As have, long as they're similar to ours. Oh sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. we were talking about that before it started. Right? Yeah.
0: You either think just like I do, or you're wrong. Yeah, that's the. I think that should be uh, um, social media's motto. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's, right. Uh, yeah, it's I, 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 the terms of service. Do you agree to
1: vigorously flame, <laughs> to aggressively, <hate> aggressively, <laughs> and hatefully flame anyone who disagrees with your point, yeah. no matter no matter what their evidence are?
0: Yeah, I I kind of mourn the death of constructive conversation lately because it just doesn't seem to be able to happen. Yeah, it's no. just the, it's so frustrating, you yeah, know. And and I, there's there's um, you see a handful of people. Uh, To be fair, online is a very difficult medium to be able to have a constructive conversation because you've what you what has basically social media has basically enabled it's weaponized anonymity, you know. So, you are you now have, um, you know, that everybody's from when they were kids, like in high school or middle school, it's like, well, they've heard a rumor, and like, well, I bet that person doesn't like us to say that to my face. Well, yeah, you're right, they probably don't. That's why they set it behind your back, and the internet is behind everybody. right. And so now it's like there's there's no immediate consequence of if you say something offensive, and so that unfortunately frees a lot of people up.
1: Yeah, that's why I really, really that, that episode of Black Mirror with the mechanical bees just really. Oh yeah, man. That's oh yeah, I that's, that's to that. yeah, that's
0: a commentary on that for sure. It's like because I bet if you if you were to actually confront someone online that said something horrible like in that episode they were wishing death on a public mm-hmm. figure it's like if you were to see them on the street it's like hey man so you said you wanted whoever dead why why would you actually wish someone else that you've never met to die most of them would probably be like well i don't remember saying that yeah It's so like, well like, i didn't actually want them to die no and it's like but well, yeah, that's, but that's what you said. Yeah, and you really, know.
1: unfortunately, I think it desensitizes people. I mean, when you do that, yeah. you're like, well, I didn't didn't really mean that. But using that language will change your mindset. Oh, for sure. And that's what's, you know, online. You're starting to use that language. And that, I think, you know, not to get too far into it, but I, I can't imagine that it doesn't have some role in the increased polarization of our absolutely uh, public discourse.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah, you're right. It's It's... Um, I think a big part of it is that when you have a certain like worldview or a certain narrative that you just kind of go through your day with, to change that based on evidence, it, it requires an emotional effort. It requires you to actually think about things. And it's so much easier to go with your predetermined narrative than to constantly construct this custom worldview based on incoming information so if like someone is skeptical about climate change and someone comes up and says well here's a list of 10 peer-reviewed studies that are contrary to your view what's easier to read those think about that process that information and then change your view or to just go with what you already know it's easier just to go with what you already know and that's what most people unfortunately do i think it takes a specific type of person to seek out that kind of information and be willing to, you know, put in that effort. Yeah. To, no, to that's true. Mind. That, that
1: reminds me of one of the uh, most academically and uh, intellectually discouraging experiences of my life. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> it was a class I took in college. A fabulous professor. Really well-taught class, Extremely, extremely interesting. It was on environmental science, I think. It oh, was. okay. Sure. And so... We've gone to this class, and it was fairly early, I think, in the morning, like nine o'clock. You know, I just remember the topics were engaging. There was like no right. No, there weren't. I mean, there was like ample room for debate on sure. some of these things.
0: Sure, they
1: were important things that had fairly significant impacts on all of our lives. Yeah, there were. There wasn't really a clear, you know, side to another. I mean, there was room for debate on on what things and. My God, it was like sitting in class with thirty rocks. <laughs> really? Like I, like she'd ask this question and be like, "I mean, I'm like, this is super interesting." Yeah. Like, there's really strong arguments on both sides of this. Yeah. It's not cut and dried, you know. And people are just sitting there. She'd had raised the question, and everybody just like, <laughs> I mean, just I wish I could communicate a, a you know a blank, slack face, <laughs> yeah. dead eyed stare across the yeah. microphone. Yeah. And so I, c- I couldn't stand raise my hand, but I was, like, tired. You know, I mean, I was, you get self-conscious. Like, I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, well. Yeah. And i just, just sit there. Just, like, because of, you know, all right. So if I raise everybody, like, oh, thank God. Mike's, Mike's going to raise yeah. his hand, so I don't have to do shit. Yeah. So I'd sit there and not do anything, biting my tongue, you know. And nobody was, mm. like, no one. And she like, like Come, give the silence. on, people. Yeah. It, was, it was really, I'm mean, just really discouraging. I'm yeah. like, if you can't engage on this, like, it's one thing. If you got to take a... Some I mean, there's plenty of classes, you know, yeah, that you took and they're required, and the information's fine, but it doesn't necessarily have any sort of engaging component, or right. you know, right. Even you know, if there's people who get really excited about philosophy for really good reasons, because that can be intellectually stimulating, sure. but it doesn't have the visceral impact on your life that you know does. Yeah. fact of substance in California because of extensive pumping of groundwater the draining of the Ogallala re- Reservoir mm-hmm. you know, onto the western half of the United States and the impacts it would have if we cut that activity off or if we keep right. going
0: you know. It's like you're handed a controversial debate. A controversial debate
1: you know, <laughs> with some genuine questions and you're just like, uh, yeah I can't wait to get to the statistics. I don't know what's more interesting class
0: we can have than this one? Yeah,
1: yeah. And why there was not more discussion that still obviously
0: that's, bothers me to this day. That's frustrating. Yeah, That's that's too bad because, you know, it's so much of a, a class's quality does depend on the professor. When you actually you have a, a good professor but the students still don't respond, it's, that's got to be so frustrating for them. Because I took a, uh, a U.S. history class in college and, I mean, you've got, it's, you know, history classes are, you know, it's a punchline for boring. And the format was, and he said right at the first day of class, was like, I'm going to stand up here and talk. You're going to take notes. That's it. So you've got a potentially very boring subject along with the most dreaded format. And it was one of the most interesting classes I ever took in college. Oh, that's cool. And Yeah, but it was. It was a professor. He made all the difference. He was super into it and I think there's always going to be those few that you're just not going to be able to reach and and motivate, but for the most part, and it was like a sophomore level class, so there's probably 90 kids in it, and for the most part, everybody was interested. It was U.S. history. It's like at that time, when you're 19 years old in college, you don't give a crap about U.S. history, you know, but everybody was really into it. Yeah, that's Um, cool. Yeah, that's good. It is frustrating to hear that. You know, that's one of
1: the things the difference, I think, um, being passionate about what you do makes, you know. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, think that, I guarantee you that professor had a passion for, you know, the subject. The professor of the environmental class I took was certainly passionate sure. about it and, you know, really was able to bring some good material and post some good debates. and For sure. Um,
0: it makes a big difference.
1: That's one thing I, uh, you know, my dream is to have people be passionate about, you know, as possible about the things they do or find the areas of the things they do that yeah. they're really passionate about. I mean, where it's stainless steel. I'm not necessarily uh, passionate about stainless steel. Right. You know, but I am passionate about building the people, building the organization, and, yeah. you know, increasing our impact. Um, yeah.
0: Through whatever means necessary. You know, on yeah. uh, yeah. well, the yeah. community
1: through a wide, you know, wide variety of means. And, you know, we talked about those metrics and so, when I was asked that question, I was like, well, I don't, I didn't have any metrics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I hammered out, so if if our mission is growth for Good, How are we, how are we doing that? We can measure it by the number of training and education hours we have, okay, um, sure you know that we put forth, so we measure that uh the new customer account, how many customers do we do if we're growing? we're probably getting some new customers there you go um also customer retention, we're yeah, just that's a big one. we're not just replacing them, so we do that we track customer that's one thing Travis has is we uh track new customers and then customer retention,
0: yeah.
1: Um, how how much did they order in subsequent years? So, for every year, I can tell you, okay, here's the customers we got in 2008. And here's, for every single year after that, here's how many of them reordered in the dollar amount. So, we can kind of uh, have, a, you know, we can see. So, the gotcha. customers we got in 2008 and 2009. You know, we got 60 new customers in 2008 and 2009. 40 of them reordered, and they reordered this much in 2010. You know, 32 of them reordered, yeah. and here's the dollar amount, and, all yeah. and so on and so forth. Nice. So um, that's interesting. How many volunteer hours oh, is another okay. one? okay. You know? Yeah. There you go. Whether, you know, associated with the company or just just on their own, yeah. you know, for providing the financial means and the, yeah. you know, putting people in the mind, in the mindset or the position in their life where, you know, mentally, emotionally, and financially, they're able to volunteer their time.
0: There
1: you go. Uh, to things they're passionate about. That's great. Um, customer satisfaction is another one. Sure. Uh, employee retention. Oh, that's a big one. And tenure, yep, we've yeah, got that's a, a big one. yep. Yeah. Employee retention, so we track our average tenure, how long everybody's been here, and, yeah. and what our turnover is. Um, employee advancement, so you know we mm-hmm. do lots of you know cross training and uh, promotion. So you know that's if we're growing, people are moving up inside the company. If they're not, yeah. there's a problem. We're not achieving right. our mission. There's no growth there. Right. Um, so that's good. And then uh, the last one, which probably we're doing the worst job of because we're not updating the matrix score, but that matrix score, if that's, I really, it's going to take a lot of work, but man, that would be, you know, where you will be tracking um, people's level of proficiency across oh, certain yeah.
0: tasks. That's right, I
1: remember that now. Um, and the number, you know, the number of tasks they have in our overall, overall score, so. Right. Um, yeah, we got to get everybody plugged into the matrix. That's one of my goals well, uh, for... Careful, like, yep, man. Yeah, we'll sign a number to everybody. We're We're gonna do away with names.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Labor unit six five eight. Labor unit. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, report. Uh, report to, to central the processing.
1: Room. Yeah. Report to central processing. <laughs> six five eight central processing. Oh yeah. And just yeah. really, you know, not that there's much, but just make sure that you know we eliminate all physical touching. Of oh, any sort.
0: there you go. Yeah. What about eye contact? We get rid mm-hmm. of that too. Oh, is that allowed? Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a Black Mirror episode, yeah, right. coming out about that. Uh huh. Yeah, that's got. to that kind of get... Man, that show is really
1: something. Oh, kind yeah. of got in my head a little bit about. Oh it yeah. as, far as You know,
0: thinking about some of that stuff. Well, I got but... freaking obsessed when I first uh, when I first yeah. started watching that. And that, if if you watch them in order, like I, some weird clinical need to watch shows in order. Even though that one's an anthology, so you don't have yeah. to. You can pick you know, anyone watch it, you're not it's not like Seinfeld, or you're gonna be lost or whatever. Like well right. no, that's that was the anthology too, I guess, but it's not yeah. a serial show. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you watch that their first episode, did you see that one with the like the British Prime Minister and the pig? No. I don't remember that one. I mean that that's a hell of a pilot for a show. It's like that was almost like a mission statement. Like, hey if you don't like this don't watch the rest. Man, <laughs> I gotta go nuts. back and watch. I don't know Cut if off. I did watch the first one. I'm sure I did. i will have to go back and
1: watch it. But uh, <laughs> you know, to tie that back in, I thought about that because um, when I did the interview, when he first announced the tariffs, mm-hmm. um, and I said, you know, I, on TV, I said it would be bad. We'd be, you know, paying more for steel. Yeah. Um, the reporter, because didn't ask. I mean, it's a natural assumption that. That meant we were importing steel.
0: Ah.
1: In fact, one of our big customers did that. What, yeah, so okay. that's where it came from. And she, gotcha. you know, she said, "I something in the article said we imported steel. And I didn't even know the thing was online. My brother texted me. He's like, hey, you might want to check out your... Uh-oh. And I go on there and I mean they're just the like comments pouring in, Buy oh, yeah. American steel. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, you can yeah, me right around. there. I'm like, Get oh, Google on Google and us one star. I'm like, I yeah. don't buy imported yeah. steel, but it's a global market and they take that and they run it up. I mean the tariffs immediately the stocks of the US steel producers went up because yeah. their production cost doesn't go up, but all of a sudden they're able to raise their prices. Yep. So they just make more money. They're not unprofitable now for the most part, but um, you know they make more money, and
0: uh, you know they'll open more. It's just a terrible idea. The whole thing's a terrible idea. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't come without historical precedent. I mean, Bush did that back in the early mm-hmm. two right? thousands, yeah. And then after like a year and a half, took them back because it just was not working. So it almost seemed, now again. I have a limited knowledge of the workings of, of this of like economics, but what it seems like is happening happened before and is looking to happen again. Is that we're going to have a temporary boost for domestic steel companies, mm-hmm. but everybody down the line from that is not going to benefit because prices just get raised all the way
1: down the line and all the way down to the consumer. And at the you know long term, it's not good for the steel companies either. It never has been. Right. I mean, the last time we got this into this aggressive of a trade war um, was back in the early twentieth century. You know, around 1919, 1920. Ah. Right, and that didn't end very well.
0: no, that was called the
1: yes yeah, the Great Depression, the, the,
0: that's what it is, right yeah.
1: so we had something similar back in you know 2007, 2008, yep, and that was with the bank regulations. Fortunately, um, yep. Trump just rolled those back also the, all, all the yeah the yeah, the vocal rule Oh, that's right. yeah, and they just just rolled that back so the banks could go back to that activity. so we should be all set, sure, rolling into the future
0: in the future,
1: yes. You know, this is reflections on GLS, <laughs> and you might as well call this Black Mirror, because this is a pretty dark reflection right now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: From Goodlake Stainless. Yeah, it is. I'm not trying to bring anybody down, but uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's, I'm, uh, uh, you know, it,
1: so it's going to be challenging. The situation is challenging. We have a lot of adjustments, some difficult conversations with some customers, but, sure. uh, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about us with, uh, you know, we got a good, Team together and have a pretty good system set up where we're looking at all the factors and yeah. um, are able to make. I mean, we're getting really good, very very prompt information on you know our production costs and things like that. Where yeah. um, you know it will be difficult, uh, it will be very costly for us, but we'll be able to make the adjustments we need to. Yeah. Um, you know to ride it out. Sure. Well, and and I think and make adjustments. I mean, the biggest thing we can adjust. Like I said before, the biggest thing is the speed with which these things changes. The whiplash and policy direction. The, yeah, you know, here's what we're gonna do when everybody gets their expectations set. Yeah, and when it whips the other way, that you know. Yeah, that is unhealthy. Right. For uh, yeah, like regardless- for business and you know for.
0: Yeah, regardless of direction, slow change is easier to deal with than fast. I mean-
1: yes, and changes of this man- man- uh, magnitude. Yes, slow and consistent direction and changes, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, I think whatever whatever direction you come at it from the political spectrum, whatever criticisms level that, you know, the, the U.S. government, I think we've got um, the systems and everything we have in place, I think, do a good job of buffering changes like this. So we're not going to have like a hyperinflation situation. We're not going to have, and I know that doesn't necessarily relate to this. But I'm just using that as an example of nationwide economic crisis it's like like you were saying before we 're going to be going to be tough but we'll weather it out we'll be yeah. fine and I think just in general, the system that we have in place nationwide for businesses tends to temper the effect yeah. of drastic i was exchange. I was pretty
1: surprised they came up with the most recent infl- uh, inflation numbers that they weren't a bit higher because we're certainly seeing it I mean yeah. and not just the steel is one thing that we 're talking yeah. about, and that's most uh, dynamic but we 're seeing. Uh, price increases on a wide variety. of I mean, you've seen yep. it with the this um, stone manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got from uh, you know Dupont and some of those ten percent across the board cost yep. increases from them. Yep. Um, you know, all our shipping material, pallets, cardboard. Yep. Uh, solid surface. Yep. Yeah, solid surface <laughs> laminate. Yep. Yep. All those things. So yeah, there we've got seeing all that. those. Yeah the glass i mean everything glass. That was just a glass yeah, yeah that's, so when all those price increases, i was pretty surprised i thought we would see that and we will eventually yeah. i'm not sure why it's not showing up yet in those but you know we're not the only ones and we're you know unfortunately forced to pass some of those on as well yeah. as the tight labor market you know i mean yeah. it is uh, as far as retaining people and hiring new ones uh, yesterday's wages don't
0: really cut it so
1: mm. yeah books for years obviously oh yeah
0: <laughs> well i guess as we're uh wrapping this up we'll kind of see where the economic tide takes us but uh it does look for sure that gls is going to ride it out and uh, we are definitely still hiring get that application in go to the website www.greatlakestainless.com and we have a new news page you can go to uh, where you can see our instagram feed and you can listen to each episode of the podcast that we put up on
1: As it. many times
0: as you like. Yes, as many times as you like. And uh, we also have now, the podcast has an email address. So, mirrorfinish at stainlesscom uh, We'd love to hear from you. Any comments or suggestions, uh, please feel free to contact us. Uh, and uh, we are going to be rescheduling Patrick uh, for sometime soon, within the next two weeks. So, you'll definitely be able to hear him and what he has to say. We did... Uh, kind of a pre-interview with him and he's a really interesting guy and we're all looking forward to hearing from him. So until then, uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks.
1: Welcome to Mirror Finish, <laughs> Reflections on GLS. That's going in. Where Paul and Mike,
0: yeah. already
1: in leadership positions, oh, yeah. go the extra mile to fill the attention hole <laughs> by broadcasting their voices across the internet. Yeah. And the misguided assumption that thousands and thousands of their fans will listen and uh, send their adulation in to Mirror Finish. Hey, yeah. stateless.com.